How's everybody doing? Good? Yeah. Alright, let's get another drink of water, I'm sorry. Ooh. <laughs> Wild. Man, it's great to be here today. It's been really fun uh, getting to minister to the adults for the past. Man, you're going to be awesome today. You're going to be a lot of help. Yeah. Hang out, man. See what you feel. No, it's a... Uh, so it's been really fun to just minister to the adults while Pastor Ben and Pastor Leslie take care of the youth for us. And um, <laughs> no, you're fine. He's he's absolutely fine. Don't worry about him. Taking the attention off me, I like that. Oh, he's. I just want to hang out, mommy. Leslie's. <laughs> That's so great. I love being in a church to where. It's a standard that kids are kids, and they're going to run around, and it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's so awesome to be in an atmosphere where that's allowed. I, I've been in churches where they were like, really not be okay with that, and I'm glad that we as a church here at Bethesda are just okay with Ledger hanging out and just doing what he's doing. That, that's, he's just being a kid, and that's great. But it's been really cool just to be able to look at it. <laughs> it's been really fun. It's been really fun to minister to everybody and just be able to talk to you guys. Man, he is on a roll. Look at him. <laughs> Out the door. All right. <laughs> Amen. All right, so um, it's been really cool. But, you know, like they said um, just a second ago, Amy's talking. Pastor Ben is coming back next week to uh, start a whole new series called Wanders. And I know that you're probably super excited to hear that because I am. Um, it's been really cool to be able to give Pastor Ben a break for the past four weeks, just kind of uh, recharge the batteries and, and do a little something different. And it's been nice for me as well because I haven't done the youth in the past uh, month. So it's been really cool as well, and I can't wait to get back to the youth. I'm sure you can't wait to get back to you guys, and, and I'm excited for them to get started. Um, so for the first week, we talked about um, we talked about worshiping God in our prayer, starting off our prayer, just calling Father and just worshiping Him. And our second week, we talked about how we should petition heaven for His kingdom to come to earth and, and just uh, how awesome that would be if God's kingdom was here on earth and, and just how perfect that would be, and praying for His will keeping his will in our prayer at all times um the third week last week we talked about praying for our own needs and our own personal things um and I, and I thought that was really neat how that was third on the list rather than being first on the list so it's been really really cool journey i know for me personally in my prayer life um, because my prayer life before i started this sermon series to be completely honest had started to get pretty boring at times because i was doing a one-dimensional style prayer where I would just, you know, I'd pray for what I needed, and then I would go on about my day, and if something else popped up, I would just pray for that thing and what I needed at that moment, and, you know, it, it was becoming a very repetitious type style prayer, and, and it was just like a one-dimensional thing where I was just asking God for things and asking Him to help me and bless me, and, you know, and it, and it just became more, and so this, this prayer series had been really cool because it, it opened up a whole new different level of praying for me just through the different styles that Jesus is teaching us through his uh, prayer here. And it's been really, really cool to go through those. And I hope that you as well have been challenged and have been um, uh, just your prayer life has changed for the better. Um, so I hope that that's happened for you in this sermon series as well. 
Today we're going to jump into the last uh, part of the of the Lord's Prayer, and uh, we're going to talk about a certain subject and a certain word. Uh, I don't want to give the word away just yet. I'll, you'll know it as soon as we start reading the scriptures. You, you'll probably be able to get it. But this word is something that is very hard to do. It's something that is easier said than done. Um, it's something that we as human adults and kids alike, we all have to deal with this at some point during our, probably during our daily lives, it's something that comes up. And so we'll be talking about that and discussing ways to get through that and how the Lord says to get through that as well. So if you guys will stand, we'll go ahead and read our verses today out of Matthew 6, verses 12 through 15. Last week it said, give us this day our daily bread. And this is kind of a carry-on from that, verse 12. And forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will will not forgive your sins. Father, I, I thank you so much for, for this awesome sermon series, this time that you've given me to just be um, opened up. My prayer life, God, has just been so one-dimensional lately, and this, prayer, and this sermon series has definitely helped me, so I thank you, God, for what you've been teaching me, and, and I hope that the, the Bethesda people here have also gotten um, some good things out of this as well, and their prayer lives have changed as well. Father, thank you for your help during this whole sermon series. God, today I just petition you to ask, and I ask you to help me again as I deliver what you have prepared for, for these people. Father, open their hearts, open their minds, and, and just allow them to be changed, God, from the inside out as they are listening, and, and just, uh, Father, just be with them, be with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In this section of our prayer, we should be asking God for forgiveness. He said right off the bat, but forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. So Jesus is saying, after you've taken your time to worship and you've taken your time to ask God for his kingdom to come and after you've prayed his will and after you've prayed for your daily needs, he's saying, come back and just start asking for forgiveness for the things that you've done. And why does he do that? I think he does that because we're not perfect. Right, am I, am I the only one? Okay, so we're not perfect, right? Nobody's perfect. So um, I mess up on a daily basis. I know my prayer, I typically, whenever I'm just praying by myself and praying alone, I just continuously am asking God to forgive me because I know that I've messed up and I've done something stupid throughout that week or throughout that day. I've done something that, re that constitutes a, a prayer of forgiveness. So I know that since I'm not perfect, I'm going to mess up, and I'm going to have those things in my life, and that's just a constant thing that's happening because I'm not perfect. I remember one time in particular, um, I was at a, I think it was Super Bowl Sunday. We were at church, and, and I was working with the youth at the time at, at a different church, and I was starting to work with them a little bit. I was doing music, and I was teaching every once in a while. Not, not anything major. I wasn't the youth pastor or anything like that. But I was, there was a foster kid that came to the church, 
and, and he was a great kid, but, you know, he did have a lot of things going on in his life. He was a, he had a terrible childhood, like most foster kids, unfortunately, and he just, uh, had, those things were starting to come to, um, to, to the surface here at his teenage years, and, and he had kind of taken to me um, for reasons I wasn't aware of at the time. It was kind of neat that Albie was, we were talking about it last night. She was like, God was kind of grooming you to be the youth pastor at Bethesda because we have so many foster kids in our youth group now. But it was just kind of weird to think about. But um, it was a Super Bowl Sunday, and I had plans after church. I was going to go to my buddy's house and go to a Super Bowl party and watch the Super Bowl and, and hang out with them and eat some good food and whatever you do at the Super Bowl. It's a good time. So I went to church, and the pastor stood up there, and they was talking about this kid. They wouldn't say a name. They didn't say who it was, but they were talking about the kid, and they were saying, you know, this kid is at a crossroads in their life, and, and uh, you know, one decision could go either way. They could spend their life, you know, doing great things, or they could spend their life doing bad things. And, and it seemed like as soon as this, the pastor started talking about this, I was just struck by the Spirit. I just felt like God was speaking to me personally I was like I knew who the kid was immediately I, I just I knew who it was it just clear as day I knew who the kid was and I just felt like the spirit was leading me to go talk to this kid maybe I could uh, be an influence to him maybe I could talk him kind of off the ledge so to speak um, so I, I made up my mind during that service I was like okay yeah I'm gonna go talk to him before I go to my Super Bowl party and then after I go talk to him then I can go on and do my thing well, we got out of church a little later than what we expected to, so the game had been on for a while. So as we were driving towards the house, his his place, I was like, eh, you know, I'll, I'll call him after the game. I'll talk to him then, or, I'll, or I'll maybe I can go see him tomorrow or something. So we went to the, the Super Bowl party, and I had a good time, and, and it was great. And I can't remember exactly who won, but um, well, that's not that important. But um, I just know I had a good time, and I, I came back. It was so late, I didn't feel like calling him that late, so I was like, eh, you know, we're not going to call, and I was too late to drop in, so I just I didn't worry about it. Well, I was like, I'll just put it off till tomorrow, so I had that opportunity to go talk to him tomorrow. I still didn't do it. I kept putting it off, kept putting it off, and the next time I go to church, I hear the story that the kid had made a decision to run away that night, the Super Bowl Sunday night. Um, he had made that decision, and he had stolen money, and then he had ran away. Well, that was kind of the last straw for this kid. They took the kid, they put him in um, a detention center, and uh, so they sent him off. He's no longer with that foster family. So I had to deal with that kind of guilt. I was like, man, if I just would have listened to that, to the spirit guiding me to go talk to this child, I could have maybe influenced him in some different way to where he didn't feel like he could have had to run away. Or maybe I could have taken him with me to the Super Bowl party, and, and he wouldn't have, you know, he would have been okay. Um, I, I can't say that that would have been, you know, the exact turning point for him. I can't say that it would have been because you know, I don't have that kind of faith in myself. But, you know, God can do amazing things through us when we obey, and then I just blatantly disobeyed. And it wasn't that I wasn't a Christian at the time. I was, and I was, you know, I was praying a lot, and I was doing everything I needed to be doing. But just in that moment, things came up to where I didn't want to do what God was wanting me to do, and I didn't do it. So now I have this, and I still, even today, I mean, I've forgiven myself for the most part, but I'm still even to this day, I feel some guilt when I think about that kid and, and how I, maybe I could have helped him out. Maybe I could have changed his mind. Maybe he wouldn't be sent off, and maybe he would have had a better life after that. But what, what I'll tell you that story, and I'll tell you that because we're not perfect, and, it's, and we're never going to be 
exactly perfect. Um, sometimes we slip up and tell stories that maybe we shouldn't tell. Um, we've, uh, if we're sitting there telling a story and then we see that the audience isn't exactly into the story, maybe we kind of embellish a little bit on the story to kind of make it uh, interesting. You ever done that, anybody? I know Albie was telling me one time. <laughs> sorry, Albie. I'm not telling you here. <laughs> but she was telling me uh, she was at work at Walmart and she was out at the break table outside and she was talking and they were talking about police officers or something. And she was just talking and talking and she said before she knew it, she was telling this whole group of people that my father was a police officer and he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't a police officer. I don't know. And she was like, I don't know why I said that. He looked like a police officer, she says, with the mustache, I guess. But, you know, it just wasn't true. But she just embellished on that story. And, it, and that was a, just a weird thing. But she said she immediately corrected it and said he wasn't. She's like, wait, no, he's not. He's not, <laughs> he's not a police officer. But it's just so easy for us because we're not perfect, because we have that sinful nature, for just those little little things to pop out. So Jesus is saying here in this section of the prayer, he's saying, listen, I know you're not perfect, and sometimes you do things that you don't even realize you're doing that constitutes a sin, and, and you just need to ask for forgiveness. Ask him to forgive you as you're forgiving the others who have sinned against you. And that's just a, a really kind of a way just to kind of say that, you know, we're not perfect. We're not. And we're never going to be exactly perfect. But I love that we come here to Bethesda. And Bethesda is a, is a place to where people who are not perfect can come together and be together and just live life together and do life together in a way that we're all dependent on upon each other. And we can all call on one another and we can pray for one another and we can be together and be a church that is just a family. Knowing that we're not perfect, but we can work out and we can make it together. Amen. I'm excited about that. That's something that's so awesome. And that was from the very first time I ever came to this church, that was one of the main things that I loved about it was the, just the family atmosphere that you have here and just amazing uh, people and everybody working together to our common purpose, which is just getting to heaven and just loving God and loving people. And that's amazing to me. The second part of his prayer here says, um, let us not yield to temptation. Um, that's th th This part is... I did some reading on it this week, and I, and I learned that during this part is a something that, you ever heard of the word contradiction? Anybody heard the word contradiction? I'm sure you have, but the Bible, there is no contradictions, so um, a lot of people think that in this point, there is a contradiction, and I'll kind of try to explain that in a way that makes a little more sense, um, it's something that... Um, I don't want to confuse anybody, and I certainly don't want to confuse myself <laughs> during my sermon because then I'll just be in a mess. But So I'm just going to try to explain it the best way I know how. Um, during that point, he says, let us not yield to temptation. Some versions of the, of the Bible say, uh, lead us not into temptation. So it almost kind of sounds like that God is leading us into the temptation and that he is tempting us, or he, God is tempting us. It almost sounds that way, but... And our Bible study at Sean Brown's, if anybody wants to come to that, Amy talked about it a little earlier. Um, we're going through the book of James. In the very first week, we talked about this subject, actually. And it was kind of interesting to hear everybody's different takes on it, especially uh, Ernie's, and, um, and there's another uh, longtime Christian there that comes. And it was very interesting to hear their takes on it. Um, but there's a, a verse there on James 1, uh, verse 13, that says, Let no one say when he is tempted that he has been tempted by God, because God tempts no one. So there, there's uh, that section there, but the, the Lord's Prayer kind of sounds like he is tempting us. So there's a kind of like 
you know, some contradictory feelings going on there, and it confuses some people. Um, but I like what it says in Matthew 4, 1, where he says that um, Jesus was led. He was led into, this, um, into the wilderness by the Spirit, so he was led to the temptation to be tempted by the devil. So he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit, but he was tempted by the devil. So God doesn't do the tempting. The devil does the tempting. You see what I'm saying? God does lead our steps. He guides our path. Um, that's Proverbs 20, 21, where he says, uh, the, every, the man's steps are guided by the Lord. So our steps are ordained by God. I don't think that I'm one of those people, I'll just say that, I think that everything we do is ordained by God. I, I don't think there's ever a, a moment that we're in a situation where God isn't saying you need to be in this situation. I think that God is ordaining us. He is, we are there for a reason. There's a purpose behind it. And I look for those purposes, and I look for those things. And that's just something that I personally believe. Um, so I know that, and I take that from that Proverbs where he says that God does guide your steps. He guides your paths. He, he, he takes you on a journey. And so we are led near the temptations we are led into situations every single day where we're tempted to either obey disobey believe not believe we are tempted in so many different ways and i mean i know we're all tempted in some different form or fashion i know that i am personally and uh but that's something that we are led into we are led near the temptation but what he's saying here jesus is saying let us not yield to the temptation so even though we're being led near the temptation He's at, what we should be praying is saying, God, you know, I know I'm going to come into contact with these things. I know I'm going to come into contact with these different styles of temptation and different styles of, of just belief and unbelief and things like that. But, God, give me strength to not yield to these things. Give me strength to get past to these temptations and not be succumbed by them and not be, you know, just entwined in these things. And it's really cool at our youth camp, there was a kid who literally stood right here, and uh, he, he stood here and he said, listen, I want you guys to pray for me because I don't want to be controlled by substances. I don't want to be controlled by my thoughts and by uh, the, the temptations that I'm going through. And it was really neat. That just blew up, just made my whole night because I was like, man, that kid truly doesn't want to be controlled by any kind of things. He doesn't want to succumb to temptation. He, he wants us to pray for him, and most kids won't stand up and say, what you know they're going through or what things that's happening in their life but he was willing to stand up and say listen i don't want to have to be controlled by the things of this world i want to be in a whole new realm i want to just follow jesus and love jesus and it was just so neat to hear him talk about that and i loved it we usually at our youth group nights we we do have a moment where we can just all sit around and talk and and talk about how our lives have been going and and uh what's been happening in their life sometimes they'll tell the same story but I know that they have such a terrible things that's happened to them. I mean, I, I'm never going to repeat it because I, I promised them that, you know, I'm not going to tell nobody what you're talking about, and nobody here is going to tell you, you know, we're not going to go past these walls. But, man, they have such crazy stories, and it's so awesome to see where God has brought these kids from the lives that they've had. And they're holding on to all this stuff, and it's a great time for them to be in a church where I think you should be able to be real. Amen? You should be able to be real in church. You shouldn't have to come and act like you have everything all together. You shouldn't have to come to church and make yourself feel like, you know, mm, put the class life with a smile on your face and everything's perfect and we're all good. And, you know, because guess what? We all go through some tough stuff. 
And they all go through some bad things in their lives. And no, and here at church, that's where we should be able to come open and say, hey, listen, I'm really, really going through it right now. Can you pray for me? So I constantly am telling the youth that, and they're, and it's awesome. They'll sit there, and they'll tell their stories, and they'll tell their things that they're going through in their life. And it's just so amazing to just hear how that starts to heal once they start to talk about it. And they, we start to pray over them, and, and things start changing when we start praying over them. And it's so awesome. But that brings me to my next point in the forgiving of others. You know, a lot of the kids in the youth group, they, they have gone through things, and it's been inflicted upon by an adult, or it's been inflicted upon them by uh, different people in their lives, and, and just they go through these different things, and they have such trouble holding on. I know a girl in particular in the youth group who, who just literally will just tell you, I cannot forgive others. I cannot forgive. I can't. There's just no way that I could forgive. And it breaks my heart to hear her say that, and we pray for her, and, we, and Albie and I constantly are praying for her, and we just we, we, we try to talk her through it, and she, and she is doing therapy and things like that because through the foster care system. But it's just so crazy to hear um, just these different stories that are going on. And, and Jesus is saying right here, you know, you need to ask for forgiveness, but you also need to extend the forgiveness to others. You need to extend your forgiveness to the ones who are doing bad to you, and you have to extend that forgiveness. And, and even goes as far as saying, listen, if you don't forgive others, you're not going to be forgiven yourself. Some instances, it's easy to forgive others. I remember yesterday, actually, um, we were in line at Wendy's, and, um, and I ordered my food, and, um, and I, I got a small frosty. Somebody say amen to a small frosty. Come on now. Small Frosties, chocolate Frosties. Let me say that. And then, so I get my Frosty, and he's just, he's back there with it. <laughs> and then he just sets it down. I don't know what he does with it. And I see it back there, but he's back there, and I can't jump over the counter and go get it. <laughs> so he's back there working and finishing his job and doing, you know, what he does. And that's fine. So I just stand there and wait patiently. I'm just standing there. And I don't want to be, you know, like that person yell at him, hey, I want my Frosty, you know, but I just want to be polite and calm. And so I'm standing there waiting on him, and it literally takes for a lo- it takes a long time, it seems like, anyway, waiting on my Frosty, and I need my Frosty. So he finally gets there, and he, he gives, he's like, oh, man, I forgot to give you your Frosty. So he gives it to me, and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry about that. And I'm like, listen, it's all right. I forgive you, no problem. In that instance, it was very easy to forgive, even though it was my chocolate Frosty, and I love chocolate Frosty. You guys are going to go get a chocolate frosty. I've said it so many times. All right, so listen. Uh, I forgave him so easily. It was so simple to do. Because I didn't have, like, an emotional con- attachment to the frosty or anything. I, it was just very easy for me to say, okay, he was just doing his job. I forgive you. No problem. In some instances, it's not so easy to forgive. Some things that we go through, like the kid in the youth group, is so hard. And we hold on to those grudges. And we hold on to that bitterness. And we hold on to all those just anger and, and just things like that. If everybody will stand with me. What an awesome story of, of, of forgiveness. I can imagine. Um, I don't have kids, first of all, but I couldn't imagine losing a child to a drunk driver and being able to have the sameness, the, the ability to stand there before him and say, listen, I forgive you. I couldn't imagine what that takes and what kind of just clarity of mind that that would take I love at the end where he says you know sometimes the the hardest person to forgive is ourselves I got to thinking um, the other day when I was trying to get this sermon together and I was 
working on some different things and I was like, man, maybe I can tell a story that where, you know, I had to forgive somebody. And I was sitting there thinking and I truly haven't had any major stories in my life to where I've had to forgive others. But, you know, there are some instances in my life to where, man, I can't see how someone would forgive me for something that I've done. And so I, I really connected there at the end of that video when he said that it's it's hard to look in the mirror sometimes and be okay. Loving the unlovable is hardest when you're looking in the mirror and you can't hardly love yourself. And a lot of us, some maybe some of us in here have dealt with things like that in our lives and, and maybe we've gone through some situations where we maybe have done something that's terrible and we can't ever see how we could be forgiven for those things. And it's just so awesome, the story of Jesus and how he freely gave his life for you as a sinner and for the things that you've done he just openly and willingly forgave you already it's so awesome that we have a father who's willing to do such a thing for us um i, I know that maybe sometimes you, you you think you know forgiveness you know i'm just going to say it and once i start saying it enough i'll believe it i'll really start to forgive or i'll really start to let go of that situation but you know, it doesn't necessarily always work that way because as soon as we see the person that wronged us or as soon as we get near that situation or as soon as we start to think about that situation, those feelings start to come back and they start to haunt us and they start to really bring up that bitterness and that anger. But when we really sit and just think about how we could be set free as a prisoner of our own bitterness and our own anger, when we just say the word forgiveness and we mean it and we just start to really let God come into us and start to change that situation. God can truly change that in you, and I want that for you today. So today we're going to pray a little bit, um, and we're just going to ask God if there's something in your mind. I, everybody bow your head and close your eyes, and just, just there, there has to be something in your mind to where you're thinking, I need forgiveness for this, or God, you know, forgive me for, for doing that to that person, or this person did this to me, help me to begin to let go of those things or help me to begin I know you can think of something some situation to where you just need that forgiveness or you need to offer that forgiveness to someone else if everybody has that moment that situation that person that feeling I just want you to just begin to pray in your mind and just allow your heart to just really just open and just pray in your mind just ask God to come into you and prepare your mind and your body and your heart to allow those things to be set free and to be set free and that way you could just be free of that you could be set free as a prisoner of your own bitterness just begin to ask God to just change that and just take that out of you and I'm going to begin to pray for you as well Father there's so many people here in this room and God I know that each of us have had situations in our lives to where bitterness and anger and, and, and just crazy things are going on Father, maybe there's a situation in here to where someone in this room has maybe done something to somebody else that they don't see that they could be forgiven. Or maybe their sin has just gone so far, God, that they just can't see a way past it. They just can't see how you could ever forgive them. And more importantly, though, they don't see how they can forgive themselves. But Father, I just pray right now, God, that your spirit would come into this room and that your spirit would start to break chains of bitterness and anger and just whatever that chain may be that is attached to these people, Father, that is keeping them from forgiving, God, I just ask that you break those chains, Father. 
Father, that you would remind them that your son died and that you've already forgiven them and that you love them and that you're just crazy about them. You have a plan for their life and a future and a hope and just awesome things planned. God, I just know that you can just put that in their mind and put that in their hearts, Father. But I just pray over each and every person here, and I just ask that you break their chains, God, and that you just allow them to be free here today. Allow them to forgive. And, Father, we know that we can't forget but we know that you can make it okay, Father. You can come and just make it okay. I thank you so much for what you do in this church. I thank you for this many people, God. I pray that you would build us up. Father, I pray that you would just make us strong as a church and unite us, God. And just allow us to be strong as a family and a church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.